This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa bihi nasta'inu ala umuri dunya wa ad-deen, wa al-aqibati al-mutaqina wa al-udwan illa ala al-zalimeen, wa sallallahumma wa sallama ala nabina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Inshallah ta'ala, this is going to be a continuation of the lecture series regarding major sins. So far we've spoken about shirk, murder, and neglecting the prayer. And those are all major sins that people generally are aware of. Today, inshallah ta'ala, we'll be speaking about lying. And many of us don't necessarily think that lying is among the major sins, that it requires repentance, and that the Muslims should avoid. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises in the Qur'an, and we mentioned this last week as well, that if you avoid major sins, then Allah will forgive your minor sins and allow you entry to paradise. So among the major sins we must avoid is lying. And we live in a society now that lying has become so common, so normal. Everybody lies. We lie on social media. We lie when we apply for jobs. We lie to our family members. We lie about where we are. We don't mind lying with regards to anything that as long as it benefits us. This is why you have insurance fraud or different types of frauds and lying is something that is happening everywhere. And as Muslims, we have to understand this is absolutely haram. And that it is a gateway to other sins. And in fact, it is a sign of someone not having true faith or true belief in his heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا يَفْتِرِ الْكَذِبَ الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَأُولَئِكُمُ الْكَاذِبُونَ Those who lie, those who truly lie and fabricate things, are the ones who do not believe in the ayat of Allah, they do not believe in the signs of Allah, and indeed they are the liars. So it is among the qualities of disbelief to be someone that constantly lies. And it is the quality of the believers that they are truthful. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَكُونُوا مَعَ الصَّادِقِينَ O you who believe, fear Allah, have piety, and be among the truthful. So you have to be someone that tells the truth. This is a sign of goodness. It is a sign of honor. It's, it shows your character. So my brother and sister, it's extremely important that Muslims don't lie, that we don't lie. And it doesn't matter whether that lie benefits you or not. It is haram, it is a sin, and we must avoid it. Now, of course, there are many ayat and hadith dealing with this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَيْلٌ لِكُلِّ أَفَّاكٍ أَثِيمٍ Woe to every lying, sinful person. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when you hear the word وَيْلٌ or woe, it means, scholars have generated two explanations. One is, cursed is the one who constantly lies. But it also, some scholars said, this is literally referring to a valley in the hellfire. So your lies can lead you to hellfire. And Allah says, وَيْلٌ لِكُلِّ أَفَّاكٍ The one who often fabricates things and lies. A theme is extremely sinful. So we have to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and really hold ourselves accountable and ask yourself, how often am I lying? Would you consider yourself generally a truthful person or someone that lies? And this is something that is so prevalent in our societies. We really need to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, am I a liar or am I a truthful person? And if you find yourself to be someone that sometimes or, or, or generally does lie, then you need to fear Allah and repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, uh, 
alaykum bi sidq upon you is to be, to be truthful fa inna sidqa yahdi ila albir because indeed truthfulness it leads to righteousness right the more truthful you are the more righteous you become so every time you actively tell the truth even if it's sometimes not in your interest this is the real test it is easy to tell the truth when there is no, nothing involved if someone asks me what did you have for breakfast today there's no need for me to lie but sometimes you'll be tested where lying perhaps might look more beneficial to you and this is where the test lies are you going to have the qualities of the hypocrites or are you going to have the qualities of the believers so tell the truth because truthfulness it leads to righteousness you become a better person wa inna albirra yahdi ila aljanna and righteousness will lead you to jannah a destination we all want to go to and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying if you want to go to jannah what do you have to be someone that is truthful and the one who tells the truth rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said often and constantly and tries to be truthful he will keep doing that hatta yaktub inda allah siddiqa until he is written or enrolled with regards to Allah as being among those who are truthful. Can you imagine your name next to the list of those whom Allah considers to be the truthful people who deserve paradise? If you want that, then regularly tell the truth. Let that be your habit. And Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then said, "Wa iyyakum wal kadhib," and I warn you of lying. For indeed, lying leads to transgression. It leads to problems. It leads to sin. It is a sin in itself, and it leads to more sin because lying generally harms. And indeed, fujur and transgression and sinfulness it leads to the hellfire. And the one who lies, he will keep on lying until he's written with regards to with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as being among the liars. None of us want that. So fear Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and do not lie in any circumstances. Avoid it as much as you can. Don't lie to your wife. Don't lie to your children. Don't lie to your co-workers or your friends or anyone. Be truthful, and inshallah ta'ala, you will get this great reward of being among the truthful and entering Jannah. Now, what are some of the harmful effects with regards to lying? And we haven't even spoken about the harms that it has on society. Right? When we lie about uh, things that will affect others. Let's for now talk about lying and how that will affect you personally. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in a hadith. And the hadith is it mentions that the one this is in Murta Imam Malik. The hadith is in Murta, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the one who lies every time he tells a lie, a black spot appears in his heart. Nuktatun sauda, and he will keep on lying until these black spots keep appearing until it's covered in darkness. Why is this such a big problem? Because when our heart is covered in sin and in darkness, we will not be able to worship Allah the way we should. We are not able to remember Allah. When we hear the verses and the ayat, they will have no effect on us because we have changed by doing something. That remember, every time Allah tells you to stay away from something, it is for your own good. So when you just lie all the time and you are immersed in the sin, it affects your heart. And why is it so important to keep our heart clean? To keep our heart pure. Why is that so important? Because Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that indeed within the body there is a piece of flesh. If it is good, if it is rectified, then all of your actions will be good as well, and that is the heart. So protect your heart. Don't lie. 
And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Muntafifin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that there was ran, meaning that there was this effect on their heart because of what they were doing. So your sins have an effect on your heart. And when your heart is affected, it will then result in you being someone that is not righteous. So fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and avoid lying. Now, when we talk about lying, there are different stages. The worst type of lie that one can do, the worst type is when you lie regarding Allah and His Messenger. When you just claim Allah said this, or the Prophet said this. This is among the worst of lies. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ إِفْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا And who is more oppressive and who is more of a wrongdoer than the one who makes lies regarding Allah, his creator. Lying about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, claiming Allah wants you to do X or Y or this or that, without having any basis, any knowledge and any evidence. Similarly, lying about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet said in the hadith, lying upon me is not the same as lying about anyone else. مَنْ كَذِبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلِيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقَعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Whomsoever lies about me regarding a statement I said, or says the Prophet said this or did this, and just makes it up, let him prepare for his uh, position in hellfire. May Allah protect us from it. The Prophet is saying, if you lie about me, then prepare yourself for hellfire. This is why we have to be extremely careful with what we narrate, with what we share, with what we say. Don't spread things assuming the Prophet said it, lest you be among those. And even worse, those that try to make it up. And this happened, uh, and it's still happening. People make up things regarding the Prophet to further their own agenda, or whatever the case may be. This is among the most major sins. You have that type of a lie. And then you have uh, the lie that is also a major, major sin. And that is when you lie, and that lies harms other people. And the Prophet ﷺ was once asked about uh, or he said, shall I not tell you of, of the major sins? And of course the Prophet started with Al-Ishraqu Billah, uh, associating his partners with Allah. And then Uququl Walidain, being disobedient to your parents. And then finally the Prophet said, Allah wa qawlu zoor wa shahatu zoor. And then a false testimony and false speech. And the Prophet repeated this so often that the companion said, we wish that he would stop because he kept on repeating those last two false speech and false testimony. These are lies. But these are not even normal lies. There are lies that people are telling in court. There are lies that people are saying, yes, I witnessed this person do this. And because of this, he might be imprisoned or, any, or, 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 or worse. So if you are among the people that lie in these type of situations where the truth is so important because it affects other people, then this is among the most major sins. And you can tell that from how the Prophet was repeating. And the hadith actually mentions that the Prophet was reclining. So the Prophet was reclining and then he said, may shirk and, and disobedient the parents. And then he sat up and said false speech and false testimony, emphasizing on how evil these things are. How many people have been put in prison because of things they haven't done due to false witness and false testimony. How many people have been harmed and their life changed because people thought they could just lie. And remember my brothers and sisters that all these lies that we say, Wallahi, they will come back to us on the Day of Judgment. They will come back. They will come back and haunt you. 
Every lie that you've done, when you harmed another person, when you lied for no reason, all of this, ikhwani fillah, let's fear Allah and put a stop to all of this. Now, it's extremely important that we understand that whenever Allah and His Messenger forbid something, it is for the benefit of the self, for yourself, it's for the benefit of the society. Do not lie. And this even means don't lie even when you're joking. Don't lie when you're pranking someone. There is no need for this. Don't do it. Because this will lead to taking these things easy. There is a, uh, it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, whenever a household member or, or someone in his family would lie, that the Prophet would not look at that person. And they could see it affect him. When someone would lie in his community, the, this would affect Rasulullah And the Prophet would be different until that person repented. And there's a beautiful story in, in the Quran regarding the importance of being truthful. And that's the story of Ka'ab ibn Malik. Now, this is a long story. And we, we should dedicate a whole segment regarding the story of Ka'ab ibn Malik that Allah even speaks about in the Quran. And, and it's also in the Sunnah of the Prophet So Ka'ab ibn Malik, uh, this was during the expedition towards Tabuk, right? When the Prophet ﷺ was headed towards Tabuk, the Prophet asked everybody, all able men, to get ready because they were going to face an army and the Prophet wanted everyone there, everyone, with no exception. And the Prophet, and this was wajib upon every able man to come with the Prophet ﷺ, no exceptions, except those that were not able, those that were sick, those that were elderly, etc. So Ka'ab ibn Malik mentions that he was able, he was young, and he had the means. So he had, he mentioned that he had two camels. He was able to go. But he kept on procrastinating and waiting and waiting and waiting. And of course, which group of the community that lived in, with the Prophet ﷺ didn't go at all? The hypocrites, the munafiqs. Those that said they were Muslims but really weren't. Why would they put themselves in harm's way for the Prophet when they didn't believe in him? So they just said, Ya Rasulullah, I have things to do. I am sick. They made excuses. They lied. Now Ka'ab, he didn't lie. In fact, he mentioned that he was planning on going, but he kept on delaying and delaying and delaying until he realized that everybody left. And then he felt like, you know what, I have a fast uh, camel or whatever, and I can make it up, I, I can get to them. But then things, one thing led to another, and then days went by, and before he knew it, he heard that they were coming back. That they were coming back. So now, Ka'ab ibn Malik, this great companion, he sinned. He refused to obey the Prophet ﷺ and he didn't go with the Prophet when they were told to go. So when the Prophet came back, everyone that stayed behind had to go to the Prophet and tell him why they stayed behind. And among them were a lot of munafiqs, a lot of hypocrites. And they would just give a'dhar, excuses, Ya Rasulullah, this happened or that happened. And the Prophet doesn't know everything. The Prophet doesn't know what people are hiding unless Allah tells him. So he would ex- ex- uh, uh, accept their excuses at face value. At face value. But then Ka'ab ibn Malik, he was a great companion. And he said, for a moment I thought I could make up a story that will convince the Prophet and everything will be fine. But then he said, when I approached the Prophet ﷺ, I couldn't bring myself to lie to him. So when he asked him, what happened to you? Say, Ya Rasulullah, nothing happened to me. Nothing happened to me. I was able, I was ready, I just didn't go. And this led to a chain of things that happened, and including that 
uh, the Prophet then ordered for them to be boycotted. Those who stayed behind with no excuse were then boycotted, meaning no one was allowed to speak to them. And this carried on for 50 days. For 50 days, no one from the people of Medina was even allowed to say, Assalamu alaikum to Ka'b ibn Malik. And this was so, not just him, there were a few other companions as well. And this lasted for so long that to the point where Ka'ab said, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. And then uh, he, he made dua to Allah. Allah speaks about this in Surah Tawbah. That he said that the whole earth became constricted. And I felt like I had nowhere to go except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah revealed Quran. Allah revealed Quran regarding him and the other companions who stayed behind but didn't lie about the reasons. And Allah forgave them. Allah accepted their repentance and their story will forever be eternalized in the Quran. Every time we read Surah Tawbah, as for the three that whom's case was delayed. Who are these three? It was Ka'b ibn Malik and the other two companions. So Allah talked about them and then what did Allah say about those who lied? Who made excuses but lied? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he didn't, that they will be going to hellfire. So this is a story about how being truthful, it leads to khair. And among the amazing things is, when these ayahs were revealed, talking about Ka'ab al-Malik, and he rushed to the masjid after Fajr, and he saw the Prophet, the Prophet said, Abshir, glad tidings, for this is the best day since the day you were born. When Allah Almighty speaks about you, and praises you, and forgives you, for he did make a mistake, but he persisted on telling the truth. And what happened to those who lied? This is the virtue of being truthful, even when it, you feel like it might harm you. Um, so inshallah ta'ala, uh, from all of these ahadiths, we learn the importance of being someone that is truthful. And we also learn about the heinous crime of being someone that lies. Now, I'm going to conclude with regards to lying. We will also speak, in a, we will also speak about backbiting in a second. That... The Prophet ﷺ did tell us a few times one is allowed to lie. Now remember, this is the exception. And an exception means that this is only for these few instances. And among the times when one is allowed to lie, the Prophet ﷺ said is uh, when one is, uh, wants to please his wife. And this means husnul uh, mu'ashara. So when you, you want to put happiness in your wife's heart and vice versa, your husband as well. And this is, so for example, the food might not be that tasty this today. But instead of saying, look, oh, you've cooked, what is this? It's garbage. You say, it tastes nice. This would be a lie. But because this will put happiness in her, and this is conducive to the relationship, this is allowed. This can't be abused though. This can't be abused. So you can't say, you know what, I'm, I'm going somewhere and tell my wife I'm somewhere else. Oh, this is conducive to the relationship. No, it is not. That's a lie and that's haram. But regarding praise or, you know, mujamala, you know, telling her, you look, she just woke up and you say, oh, you look so beautiful. <laughs> Where do people look beautiful when they wake up? But people do this and this kind of, uh, this is allowed. This is one. Number two, the Prophet Wasallam said that when, when you're allowed to, to lie is, of course, when it's necessary to save a life. When it's necessary a necessity, it, 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 you're allowed to do something that is haram if your life depends on it, if there's extreme danger involved. This is, of course, another one. It's, of course, another one. So 
This is also another reason or another time when one is allowed to lie. Uh, also, ikhwan you are allowed to lie when you want to reconcile between two people. So, Muhammad and Ahmed had a fight and they're not speaking to each other. And then you go to Muhammad and you say, Muhammad, listen, Ahmed is very sorry. And you, and you know Ahmed is still angry, he's not. So you tell him he's very sorry, he told me that he wants to reconcile and make things better. And you say this to one of them. And this is, you made this lie up, but you're doing it to reconcile between these two. And then you go to Ahmed and say, listen, Muhammad is very sorry, he wants to talk things through, why did you guys come together? And then that will lead to, to good. This is another instance where lying is allowed. So there are these exceptions, ikhwani fillah. And keep in mind, they are exceptions. So uh, to sum it up, lying is a major sin. The Prophet said it leads to hellfire. It is not the way of the believer. In fact, uh, there is a hadith, uh, even though some scholars have criticized its chain of narration, where the Prophet was asked, does the believer is the believer sometimes someone who's coward? Is it possible to have a believer that has uh, that is a coward? That it, and the Prophet said, yes, that's possible. And then he said, is it possible that a believer becomes someone that is stingy? The Prophet said, yes, that is possible. Is it possible that the believer lies? And he said, no, that's not possible. That is not possible. So, from here we understand that the Prophet said, it is not possible and yakdib. For a believer to be a kathab And kathab means someone that lies often And we all have our shortcomings I ask Allah to forgive our sins And to be among the truthful And, and to always stay away from lying Barakallahu feekum The other sin that I want to discuss today Inshallah ta'ala Is backbiting Backbiting And backbiting also known as al-ghibah Allah speaks about it in the Quran And the Prophet speaks about it in the Sunnah and The Prophet defined what backbiting is The Prophet said uh, when he was asked about what ghiba is, he said, It is It is to mention your brother in that which he does not like to hear. So your Muslim brother, your Muslim sister, you, you, you mention something about them that they wouldn't like to hear. And then the companions, they asked the Prophet a very important question. Uh, what, if it, what if it's true? What if it's true? The Prophet said, if it's true, this is backbiting. If it's not true, this is buhtan, this is slander. Is a worse sin to lie about someone and say something that's not even true. So this is absolutely haram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Wala Let one of you not backbite the other. And this is an ayah where Allah, interesting enough, Allah says, O oh, you who believe. That if you saw from the beginning of the ayah, O you who believe, leave off most of assumptions. Stay away from most of assumptions. Why should we not assume things about others? Because with these assumptions, they will lead what? Curiosity and, and talking. And, and that will lead to looking at them and, and spying on people. Which is why Allah said right after, Indeed, some assumption leads to sin. And do not spy on one another. Do not spy on one another and, and seek information that you don't need about people. And, and go through what they're doing or what they have done. Don't do any of that. Because once you get that information, once you have that juicy story, what's next? You want to tell it someone. This is a disease most people have. You want to tell someone. And Allah says, Do not backbite each other. So, how does the ayah go? Allah says, O you who believe, stay away from assumption, from most assumptions and dhan, because it leads to sin. 
do not spy on one another and do not backbite each other. Once you have that information, once you find something about someone else, do not tell others. There's no need. Because every time you tell someone about someone else's shortcoming, you know he wouldn't like that to be shared. You're hurting them. Just because they're not there, it doesn't. The same way you wouldn't want anyone to tell your shortcomings to others. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us how bad it is. Would one of you like to eat his brother's flesh, his brother's corpse flesh? Look at that. Imagine your brother died. And then you sat down and, and ate their corpse. This is one of the most graphic things. No one would be able to do it. And Allah paints this picture because that's how bad it is to spread uh, uh, things about other people, even if it's true. And then Allah says, Allah, Fear Allah. Why does Allah tell us to fear Allah? Because with this fear, hopefully it will stop us from doing these acts. And then Allah says, uh, Allah, uh, Allah is the most uh, merciful and Allah is the one that accepts repentance because you and I will most definitely fall into this so Allah is reminding us if you do fall into this what do you do? you repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ikhwan this is a rule for all major sins all the major sins that we've been talking about and that we will be talking about they require sincere repentance tawbat and nasuha so this is something that you always have to remember now are there times when backbiting is allowed? yes and again, these times, it's important for the person to know so that they can understand when something is backbiting when it isn't. But at the same time, always remember it is an exception. It is not the rule. So most of the time, 90% of the time, what people are doing when they're gossiping and spreading uh, rumors and talking about each other, this is haram, mutlaqan, this is not allowed. But there are exceptions. And one of them is, Allah does not like for people to uh, vocalize and evil and, and bad things except the one who's been oppressed. So if you've been oppressed, if someone oppressed you, stole your car, stole your money, did something to you, and then you talk about that to others, you report that person, you say such and such did this and this and this, this is not ghibah. Because you've been oppressed and this is allowed. So you're allowed when you're oppressed. Another one when you're allowed is doing sincere advice. Someone came to you and said, what do you think about that brother? And you asked him, why, 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 what's going on? Well, uh, he approached, he wants to marry my sister, and I just want to be sure that, to know what kind of character he has. And then you start talking about him. Now, if you know that that particular person has a certain bad character that wouldn't fit with marrying this sister, then you must say that. So you can't hide information that is needed. That's when, it, when it's sincere advice, when someone personally comes to you. Or someone wants to enter into a business transaction with someone and say, listen, I want to, uh, that brother is starting a business, he, allow, he asked me to invest, what do you think? Now, if you know that that person has stolen before, he has issues, whatever the case is, then you are obliged to say so. But then look, you can only say the information that's needed at that time. So if someone asks you, shall I enter into a business project with this person? You can say, uh, no, I wouldn't advise you. I've, uh, the brother, he's not good with money or, or he gets tempted. You don't have to talk about uh, something else. You can't say, for example, that, you know what, he misses the prayers. That has nothing to do with this. Or you know what, he's bad with regards to business, but he also lies a lot. Or, or, or he also does something completely unrelated. You can't do that because you have to stay focused on, it is haram, it is allowed for you in this little window, do not exceed, do not transgress. Uh, another one is when people are asking questions to a mufti, and they ask this question, 
and a, a brother or a sister is asking something and they say, for example, my wife is doing this or this and what is the ruling of that? This is allowed as well. And finally, when you're warning against evil, there is someone that is spread corruption, uh, spreading corruption and, and evil in the, in, in, the, in the society, in the community, to tell people this is fine, for example, and this is different. I'll give you an example. If you know a brother that uses drugs, you're not allowed to tell other people. You're not allowed. This is private sin. You can, you can give him sincere advice. But if he's selling drugs, this is different. Do you guys see the difference? When he's selling drugs, then you can say, no, this has to be reported because it's affecting the society. And this is corruption and public evil. So this is also an, a time allowed where you can speak about it. But you, you're not allowed to speak about other people's private sins or private mistakes or things they've told you. This is all haram and it's a major sin. What are some of the consequences of ghibah? I'm, I'm going to finish. Before I talk about the consequences, I'm going to remind you of uh, an, a, a story that happened with Aisha, radiallahu anha, and the Prophet, where she made a gesture about Safiya, the wife of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Safiya, and she said, she's like this, meaning she's short. And the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, you've, you've uttered a statement that if it was put into the oceans, it would have changed it. Now, if just a gesture has that much effect, imagine the things that we do on a daily basis. Let's fear Allah and get rid of this bad habit and not uh, be people that backbite each other. And finally, brothers, what are some of the consequences of backbiting? You will be granting your good deeds to others. Every time that you backbite someone, then you are basically giving them your prayers and your zakat and your sadaqah. And this is why on Day of Judgment, how do people pay each other back when they have harmed one another? And that harm includes backbiting by giving up your salawat and your prayers and your good deeds. And if you don't have any good deeds left to give, then they will be giving them your sin. And you don't want to end up like that, ending up being in hellfire because you've taken about other people's sins because you were backbiting them. Fear Allah, make tawbah, and inshallah ta'ala, I'll conclude upon this. Uh, uh, lying and backbiting are among the most major of sins. We need to stay away from them and ask Allah to forgive us. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.